0: This podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. We help you sell less and advise more by turning you into a recognized subject matter authority. Visit us at Proudmouth.com to learn more about our Influence Accelerator services.
1: Welcome to the Quantum Growth Podcast, empowering financial advisors to build practices for the 21st century by providing insights and interviews on leadership, strategy, and practice management. Now, here's your host, Barron's Hall of Fame advisor, Jonathan Cuddin.
0: Okay, welcome here to another episode of Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. We're getting to holiday time here, and I am super excited for our guest today from Absolute Engagement, Julie Littlechild. So, Julie, thanks for being our guest today. Welcome. And maybe you can say a quick hello to the audience and maybe tell everybody a little bit about your career history and how you got to where you are today as the leader of Absolute Engagement.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Great to chat. You know, as a little girl, I wanted to get into, no, I I just, um, you know, the, we have always worked as this business with financial advisors. So our core work has always been to help advisors engage more deeply with their clients. And that's what we do. And those are the kinds of advisors we stand for. And that evolved over the years. You know, it began with coaching and consulting, a little more practice management focused but as we were talking to advisors what we started to find out going year back many years was every time we wanted to make a change in the business we would say well what do your clients think about that nobody really had an answer and so quite literally over the course of several years the business evolved from that into a business that's focused entirely on helping advisors to, to really capture that kind of direct input from clients so that they can build an experience and, and build a, a referral strategy that makes sense.
0: Yeah, love it. Very, uh, very intriguing. When we found you as a guest and I visited your website and learned a little bit about what you do, not something I've ever uncovered right in the industry from a Mm -hmm. coaching and consulting perspective. So I know, Julie, one of the things that your firm does, which I thought was really interesting, and maybe I could ask you to talk a little bit about it, is a lot of Research, investor mm. research, and understanding the industry. So, could you talk a little bit about what, what that means and how you guys go about doing that?
1: Yeah, for sure. And look, the, the reason we do that, in, in addition to us thinking it's interesting, is I'm incapable of talking about things that I haven't proven to some extent. Like, I, I just, it's just in my DNA to, to say we need some evidence. And and so part of what we do is every year we go out and, and we talk to advisors, investors, excuse me, right across North America. And then we split the results between Canada and the U.S. And we've done the U.K. and we're looking at Australia as well. But the goal there is to go really, really deep. And it's a big survey, like very significant in scope to understand what advisors I keep saying advisors instead of investors, what investors really need, what they want, how those needs and expectations are evolving. And then we also go quite deep on referrals and why they refer, why they don't, when they do, when they don't. And that then informs all of the work that we do in the industry. So it's been something we've been doing. First one we did was in two thousand and eight, and over the last number of years, we've partnered with the Investments and Wealth Institute to do it, and it's been a it's been a great exercise.
0: Yeah, really interesting. So, you know, my next question, if you've ever listened to any of my other podcasts, so so what do you find, right? Yeah, so, yeah. as you think about it, what thematically? I mean, I know your survey; it sounds like has lots of questions, yeah. but as you get in there, um, I'm sure there's some kind of you know salient points. So, I'd ask you. From a, from a client experience perspective, mm-hmm. what are the big findings? And they'll hit you early with the cut and two question, which is, and then from a referral perspective, why do clients right, refer and, and why do they not and that kind of thing?
1: Yeah. So from an experience perspective, I would say that our approach, first of all, is not to ask clients, what do you want? Because that harkens back to the I mean, we do that, but, but it's not the most important thing that we ask. It's kind of the old Ford. If you asked you know, people what they want, they'd say a faster horse. And, and clients aren't necessarily able to respond to that. So we do ask them about their expectations and preferences, but I think the most important questions actually relate to what are they concerned about? What keeps them up at night? What are they interested in learning about? And those are the things that I'm finding link most closely to a deeper, better client experience. So when advisors can have those kinds of insights to say, well, look, what's on the mind in the last couple of years, it turns out, has been health and stress and family and and those sorts of things. And that's going to result in a better client experience. So what do I see? Well, the concerns are high (laughs) and it is about those issues. And I think we need to address them.
0: Yeah, super interesting. So just to put it in my own terms and and, mm. and check in, I think a lot of advisors, myself included, as I'm trying to kind of reflect on it, mm-hmm. create a process yep. that might be good for you as an advisor and say, hey, as an example, we've talked a little bit about, we, we run something called the seasons of advice. That's our Correct. service model. And each mm-hmm. season, there's a different thematic purpose, if you will, for our quarterly meetings with yeah. clients. And I think that's really brilliant because it's what we do, but the reality (laughs) of it is we have clients, most don't tell you this, but some that just say, you really don't need to even have me come in. I don't need to see you quarterly. I just want to know that I'm okay, as an example. So is that kind of, and I could be wrong here, by the way, feel free to tell me I Mm -hmm. am because I often am, by the way, but is that... Kind of what you're saying is as you go through this survey, what you're really figuring out is not what does the industry provide, but what do the the clientele actually want? Mm -hmm. And what I think I'm hearing you say is an article, as an example, about... Meditation and de-stressing and something like that might mean a lot more to a client than today talking about how inflation could be a concern on the markets going forward. Is that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's exactly right. Like when we think about experience, we we look at a fairly simple framework and a pyramid structure of going from delivering good service to having the right offer to demonstrating leadership. And I think a lot of us sort of focus at that core level. So here's how often we're going to meet, here are the key topics we're going to look at. And that's all good. Nobody's suggesting that's a bad thing. But if we want to think about deeper engagement, then I think we need to move up that pyramid and start to think about, well, what does leadership mean? It might not mean, as you say, talking about tax efficiency, that might be good, but maybe it's about my family, or my kid, or helping him, or helping me communicate with my spouse. So it could be tangential to money. It doesn't have to be about yoga or meditation necessarily, but it's more about what's on my mind and what's on my mind right now. And, and how can you have that kind of deeper conversation and send better communications?
0: yeah love it. So I'm big on leadership so that's yeah. that's a big uh, a big part of, of what I believe. I believe that an advisor is a leader right Absolutely. of their teams and and mm-hmm. of their clients. Yep. So when you get in the weeds a little bit, it sounds like you like to get into the weeds, so do I. So yes. if we go down the rabbit hole a little. So do you ultimately help the advisor learn the skill set of how to deliver? On that level of leadership to clients because i feel like that's something that's missed lots of advisors were learned how to analyze portfolios and put together financial plans but haven't necessarily learned kind of like the leadership skills of how to influence others and communicate and kind of whole messages and that kind of thing
1: yeah so definitely to a certain extent so we don't hold ourselves out as coaches and consultants in that area but let me give you a really specific example because i think you're bang on with this that one of the things we do as part of gathering input is help advisors gather some key pieces of information in order to co-create the review agenda. So rather than saying, here's what we're going to talk about, it's like we have a set of questions. It's more about how they're feeling, what they're concerned about. It gets spouses talking to one another. and And then that information feeds into what are we going to talk about? Now, at one level, that's our business. We gather feedback, we integrate it into the CRM, and we do all the magic and make that happen with the agenda. But the real issue was helping advisors have that conversation. That didn't come as naturally as we imagined. And so whenever we're working, certainly with advisors, it comes with a wrapper of, and how do you have that conversation? And the same applies for referrals as well. I mean, we can give you all the stats, but there's this moment of now I have to say these words to a client, and that's not as easy as I think we all assume, and I think you know very well.
0: Yeah, I love it. So I love this, by the way. So it, it, it comes down to, it sounds like, defining reality, right? One of the things we talk a lot about is the first job of a leader is to divine reality with as mm-hmm. much specificity as possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking about it going, man, do I actually have I defined reality to actually know what each and every one of our core clients wants mm-hmm. and expects? So it yeah. sounds like you help to do that. And then it's around how do you actually devise a plan and integrate right what whatever reality was into your system with that client. Yeah. And I just want to check in on that. Is what is what you're saying It's almost on a client by client basis. It's not necessarily on a firm basis. Is that accurate? It's it's
1: both. Now, so there's two two broad outcomes when you think about gathering input. One is a bit more strategic. How often do clients want to meet? Do they want Zoom or do they want it? I mean, to me, that's a firm wide decision if you want to deliver a consistent experience. However, when it comes to what are we going to talk about with Mary and Bill when they come in, Or we're going to share some content. What do Mary and Bill actually want to read? That's very individual, and and so it does it does play both roles.
0: So simple, it's brilliant. So it's uh, if you understand what was it, Mary and Bill, or your fifty. I think yeah, they
1: are the the ultimate client here.
0: Yes, Mary and Bill, they're nice people, really nice. They're
1: very nice people. Yeah, I love
0: their two kids, two point (laughs) five kids, and their dog is wonderful, very (laughs) well behaved. Mm -hmm. So Mary and Bill. I'm going to find out exactly what Mary and Bill want. And then I am going to devise their client experience to give them what I would call the table stakes, which Mm -hmm. are every client needs your net worth, your investment performance, your your financial plan and where you are. But if I know Mary and Bill really are focused on travel as an yeah. example or whatever it may be if that's their hot button I'm going to figure out how to come prepared in that meeting to have some something valuable to talk about travel just that as an example is that
1: Yeah and some of that look with technology we can automate some of that I mean we could say show me all of my clients who like travel and push out an article that still feels hyper personalized but Reflects that, and and just to to dig in on Mary and Bill because I hear they're having some issues at home. You know, the other thing that inviting a little bit of input before the meeting does, we found, is it gives them a chance to to have that conversation, and it gives you a chance to say, well, this is interesting. Mary, you said you're actually feeling a little, you're not feeling confident about the future, about the goals. Bill here thinks everything's rosy. So let's talk about that. And so bringing, you know, I think that's the other part of these conversations and, and the role of input when you have it from both uh, partners or spouses.
0: Yeah, super smart. One of the things that we started to do within our practice probably four or five years ago, maybe a, maybe a little longer now is we started to take clients through like a core value exercise to yeah, define yeah. their core values. I love that. Is that, yeah. is that something that you've heard before, or seen advisors do, et cetera? Yeah,
1: I've seen different tools and methodologies, and I'm agnostic on that front. But the idea that you're unearthing those differences and, and having different conversations as a result, because my fear with, you know, we talk a lot about engaging spouses and couples and, and too often what I hear back is, is people saying, well, it's almost like when you talk to somebody who speaks a different language and you just talk louder and, and you think you're going to be understood. <laughs> You've you know, seen me do well, that?
0: Have you actually seen me do that? That doesn't work? Oh, <laughs> <this> darn it.
1: This <laughs> is what I'm saying. No, but I mean, it's so it's like, of course, well, I make eye contact and I make my pause to make sure it's usually she understands and all of that's just polite maybe more important is to say, what are the big issues and talk about the right things rather than just talk louder (laughs) and making eye contact.
0: Yes. So it's, it sounds like what I'm hearing you say is it's really about connecting to that person's needs, which I know is simple, but, (laughs) but having a process in place to understand what it is they need from you. And probably I would bet in essence, utilizing your firm and your experience as almost like a who, right? The whole little book, who, not how, mm-hmm. because most advisors probably don't have the skill set or process in place to be yeah. able to understand what really keeps those clients up yeah. at night. Yeah. And I presume when you do that client feels heard. Yeah. And when that client feels heard, they feel more connected to you. And that's probably where the magic actually happens. It
1: is. And that's leadership. Right back to your point. It's asking the right questions sometimes, not just giving the right answers.
0: Well, thank you for that lead-in. So what are some of those right questions? So I know you, you my, my understanding is you have surveys that you'll administer on behalf of a financial advisor's mm-hmm. business, and then you go to, out to the marketplace and do, you know, a much bigger kind of database, if you will, or, yep. uh, of, of data points. What are the kind of things that you see? Like, what are the big questions that you're thinking an advisor should know the answers to?
1: So for us, it all starts with what are the objectives? And so it's it's hard to make a blanket statement because we might work with a firm that says, look, our focus is what should the experience look like post-COVID, if there is such a thing. And, and that would lead us down the path of asking some quite granular questions about frequency of contact and form of contact and topics of interest and value of communications. And are they using the tools and all of that kind of stuff? If someone comes to us and says, look, um, I want to ask a bit of that, but we're really hyper-focused on referrals, and that's where there's a ton of missed opportunity, then we're going to craft a set of questions around not are you comfortable referring, because I can tell you the answer to that right now. You don't need to survey. They are. It's that they don't. So our goal is really, to your point on getting very individual, to identify specific clients by name who represent a referral opportunity, to understand if they referred, why they referred, and then to have very targeted conversations about that. So it's uber granular based on the objective.
0: Can you t- tell me a little bit more about that? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, like let's switch gears a little i think i kind of get and i think our audience gets so we you've got this process in place right that you will what i would say is have a process to help an advisor understand what it is their clients are looking for and then you you can help that advisor ultimately build on that experience and help with the wordsmithing, which is probably the key to this, not just to identify it, but then to be able to have the conversation with Mr. with Mary and Bill, was it sorry? Bill. Okay. Mary and Bill and have Mary and Bill actually feel understood and comfortable actually divulging and opening up some so that you could create that right experience Mm -hmm. for them. Now on the referral piece, which I know our listeners, everyone's interested yeah. in growing, right? And bringing on new clients. Mm-hmm. So can you drill down just a little bit on that? So sure. you find out one of my clients, as an example, is survey. They said, you know what? I've given your name out a couple of times, but let's say that those, we never met those prospects as an example, but they're thrilled with the experience and are comfortable re- referring. And, and I just want to ask you one question, Julie. You said before, which I thought was interesting, we know clients are willing to refer. And when you said that and said are, I, w- I didn't know if you were going to say are comfortable or are not comfortable. I wasn't sure. And your answer was they are comfortable. They are so, very
1: comfortable. Yeah. So
0: statistically, do you have any data to kind of back that up?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you could start and say, I hope I get this exactly right, but I'll be within a couple of percentage points. If not, you know, when you look at something like satisfaction, about 90 plus percent of clients are satisfied, somewhat are very satisfied. If you ask them if they're comfortable referring, it's usually 85 to 95, 90% of clients. If you ask them if they have, if they are likely to refer. So, so like an NPS type question, Net Promoter Score, for those are not familiar with it, it's probably now in the 50s. But the, the, the thing that I think is much more impactful is not are they willing, because we know they are, is have they? And what we find in the, at an industry level is about 42% of clients say they have referred. And on average, they say they've referred two and a half times over the last 12 months.
0: Where are all those clients? How Where come they're all not all clients? in my practice? That's Where are they, Julie? Best.
1: I know. <laughs>
0: they um, stuck in the web somewhere?
1: Well, so, I mean, and then you, exactly. So when we talk to advisors, I don't know how it relates in your business or if it's tracked, but we usually hear, I get referrals from maybe four or 5% of my clients, successful referrals. Mm-hmm. So there's the gap, right? So. Why does it happen? Well, I think clients don't know how to refer particularly well. And frankly, I think we expect too much of them. And, and they're not introductions, right? And we know that. So it's it's mostly just, hey, you should talk to my guy. And, and that's as far as it goes. So knowing that, and also we know why clients refer, right? They refer to help somebody they care about, not to help their advisor. They... Are the circumstances of the referral are less likely to be because they were asked for a referral, more likely to be because somebody was just sharing a problem and they thought, hey, I know somebody who can help you with this. Like we just were wired that way. So, knowing all of that, you know, what we've tried to do with the, the client input piece is say, well, what if we could identify some of those clients who think they referred, but it didn't become an introduction? And what mm-hmm. if we could go one step deeper? and identify who they are and then ask them about the circumstances of that referral. Like what, what was the problem that they were trying to solve? If we know that all of a sudden we've got a different conversation. Now I'm not saying, Hey Bill, if you know anybody, please send them our way, which he'll politely say, sure. And then may or may not, but we can say, Bill, I, I, I saw that you provided a referral. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much that means. Just wanted to let you know, by the way, that we didn't actually meet anyone. And I was, I noticed that you mentioned you were uh, trying to help a friend because they were worried about passing their money off to the kids and then making terrible decisions. Gosh, that's work that we do. So all I did was make up a conversation with clues that that client provided. So now I'm having like all of that would come through a survey. Mm. Here's, did I refer? what were the circumstances, what were the problems, and now you're having a very different conversation. Or even as something as simple as, I saw that you referred, you know, we didn't actually meet anyone. Do you mind telling me a bit more about the circumstances and why you thought we could help? Like, all you're trying to do is open up that conversation. But now you've got an opportunity. So, if Bill says, oh, yeah, I was talking to so-and-so, they were selling a business. I thought." But now it's like, okay, now I can pivot to an introduction. So, oh, you have no idea. You know, it's interesting. We don't meet most of the people that are referred to us, but if you want to make an introduction, here's how you might go about that. And then you've got your process conversation.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Proudmouth, the influence accelerators. Proudmouth. It's tough to be seen as an expert if you're spending most of your time as a salesperson. That's why we help industry experts like you spend less time selling and more time advising by turning you into a trusted subject matter authority. We help amplify your influence over a growing audience of magnetically attracted fans who will chase you down instead. Visit ProudMouth.com to
1: learn more. Be your own loud.
0: Something like 90%, ninety percent, ninety ninety five percent of people say they would refer. Mm-hmm. In reality, about fifty percent of people have referred.
1: Yeah, 14. and only
0: three or four percent of mm-hmm. those folks ever make their way into the advisor's life. Yeah. So therefore, you know, forty six percent of your clients. If you've got two hundred clients, mm-hmm. right? just say 45%, 45% of 200 is 90 clients, yep. 90 of your clients in the last 12 months, if you're doing a good job and they're mm-hmm. satisfied, which most advisors do, have likely mentioned you yep. to somebody, mm-hmm. but only four or five of those people, and the average advisor probably brings on four or five new clients a year yep. from referrals, yep. uh, actually ever made it into your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually created a referral calculator. I can send you the link um, where you can kind of work through those. Just enter some simple numbers, and it says, "Hey, here's here's at least what we're seeing." Does it doesn't? Yeah.
0: So if you could it. send that, we'll post it in our yeah. show notes for everybody and uh, yeah. give them a link of how to how to find it. I don't know if it lives on your website or anything, but yeah. we'll uh, we can we can get everyone connected to that. So, yeah. Julie, that seems like a pretty big opportunity. <laughs> so again, getting granular. Your firm helps an advisor figure that out through the yep. survey process. What I would ultimately get back, say I have 200 families, not all mm-hmm. 200 families are going to reply, no. maybe 100 do. Or yeah. what, Is there a percentage that generally do reply in an I advisor's mean, it, practice? There's a
1: range, but the average is about 40%.
0: About 40%. Mm-hmm. So 80 of my clients right, mm-hmm. reply. Of those 80 clients, the likelihood is, this, is something like, 72 of them are going to say, yes, I would refer. And then there's a, kind of like a drill down process.
1: Yeah. It's like have referred and and then if they'll give their name. So there's a series of kind of variables mm-hmm. which narrow the focus. But to me, that's a good thing because now instead of saying, I hope 200 people give me a referral, I'd rather have the name of 15 people who did and have those conversations. Right Now, you made the point earlier about skills. I think still the biggest challenge is, are Are you then going to have that conversation? Like, are, yeah. can you get out of your own head, which I find a lot with referrals where people feel uncomfortable about it, to realize that referrals, you know, your clients want to help their friends and family. You're not asking for a referral. You're just kind of leaning into what they're already trying to do. And are you willing to get comfortable with having that conversation? Otherwise, this is just data doesn't go anywhere
0: yeah your process is really helpful we've had a big push just as an aside in our own practice over the last couple of years to really help our advisors believe that and i think this is where you were going that asking for a referral and discussing referrals is not to help you it's because your calling is to help more people Yeah. And if you care about your clients, why would you not want to? And they like the services and you've provided value. Why would you not want to help their children or their best friend or their brother-in-law, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Um, and it's getting advisors to believe that because we've been conditioned to back in the day, referrals were part of compensation. Yes. I get I get yeah. compensated in three ways. It's the like, old. It's uh, so I completely, you know, completely resonates with me. Mm-hmm. The interesting part of your process, I think, is you're actually getting the data directly from the clients, which probably acts as a pretty good, I'll call it a crutch for yeah. the advisor to be comfortable going, much well, much you said much. this in a survey. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just seeking to understand, cause I'd love to help more people it's, and meet uh, your brother-in-law, whoever it is. And I never got to meet him. Yeah. Why do you think that is?
1: Exactly. And I think that makes it, that's the low hanging fruit that comes out of this, right? It's just, it's almost like, how can you not follow up on that? There's also, you know, for what it's worth, there's there's other questions that I think can support referrals. It's not as direct, but I think it's meaningful. Things like understanding the impact that you've had on clients. You know, I think in our industry, we we think about impact the way we think about impact, Right performance, the plan, all all of that. Often when you ask clients, as you know, there's, they say, well, I know that my wife's going to be okay. If I pass away, I think the family will be in good shape. I, I was feeling overwhelmed and now I feel calm. And so I think if we can hear those words from our clients, it also helps us to tell stories to others about the impact that we have, and and that leads to referrals because mm-hmm. they're going to remember those far more than good performance or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, social proof, right? That's yeah. that's very current and seems to be uh, the wave of the future. Mm-hmm. I I love you know what you're saying from the perspective of asking how you've made a difference and mm-hmm. how you've provided value as an advisor. Inter- interestingly enough, Julie, it's interesting that you're a woman. Um, I am. I, yes. I, I have 40 advisors on my team. Roughly eight are female. So, okay. something we're trying to build more and more female sure. advisors. Mm-hmm. Two of our top three advisors from a referral perspective
1: mm-hmm. are females. Oh, that's right. So, 40
0: advisors, two of our top three are female. And I, I actually believe it is because females in general are conditioned, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. to be more in touch, better listeners, Mm -hmm. and to ask meaningful questions Mm -hmm. and listen and actually seek to understand why. And males, and again, this is stereotypical, there's exceptions to every rule, um, are many times looking at their clients as a relationship to deliver a set of values to or yeah. value to right i will check these boxes and make sure that i you know give you a good experience yeah. but are not necessarily connecting with the client at that emotional level and really understanding what makes them tick
1: i think i think there's definitely something to that and i i don't even know what the labels i know there are differences i know that many advisors and 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 maybe it's more often that women and I haven't I haven't shown this or proven it are are less concerned about focusing on referrals because they're not positioning themselves as having all the answers as well. It's more mm-hmm. like I'm here, I'm your guide. I could be a guide for someone else. I could be like I'm a good guide, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And and so you know, I think that when we kind of let go of this idea that you have to have all the answers these conversations also get a, a lot easier to have because you're not over anything
0: can you just talk a little bit more selfishly i'd like to know the answer mm-hmm. what does the wordsmithing sound like a little bit so as an example so you get to that point with a client where they Mm -hmm. say oh yeah i've given your name out i love you julie Mm -hmm. and you're awesome and i tell everybody whenever it's whenever it comes up i always say julie's the best and you should go see her i think that there's probably some processes in place so that you can lead and teach your client how to actually get that conversation to the point where they actually reach out to Julie, the financial advisor. Can you talk to that a yeah. little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so it's a little different here. Let's we shift away from the. I know you've referred. I've got input. This is more of that general conversation. And and so there's a. I mean, a couple of things come to mind because the first thing I wonder is, well, why hasn't that connection been made? one answer is that client didn't refer particularly effectively so hey you should talk to my advisor bob you know i play hockey with him great guy you know that's lovely but i i frankly don't feel that compelled if that's the issue my concern is that we we actually expect too much of our clients i kind of said this earlier you know we so one of the, the approaches you might say is, well, let's teach our clients how to articulate our value better, which sounds very logical. But now I'm thinking I need clients who love me and then they need to find a referral source and then they need to articulate my value really well. I mean, like they don't work
0: for me. Yes. Put them in role play class. Can't yeah, we exactly. Put them in yeah. If <laughs> yes. you don't
1: mind, let's go through this. what would you say? So one of the things that we've often recommended is this idea of just having kind of a we, we call it just like a hidden referral welcome page. Like maybe it's on the site. It's not necessarily open to the public, but on that page is your opportunity to roll out the red carpet for anyone who's referred. Now, instead of saying to clients, here's how you should talk about our value, you're just teaching them that anyone that you think might find this of interest, send them to this page. Hmm. Like you don't have to do anything else. And over and over, send them to this page, send <laughs> them this page, send <laughs> them And so- that becomes a better way, frankly, because you can articulate your value at that point, And you can talk about referrals. So that's, you know, one thing, if that's the problem. The other thing I think is, is maybe just articulating a process for clients so that they make an introduction. So it could be something like, thank you so much for, you know, you, you mentioned us to a couple of people. I love that. Hey, you know, here's, what's really interesting. I, I heard this speaker this week that, that mentioned that, Advisors only meet uh, a very small percentage of people who referred. And, and that's often because there's not an introduction. So look, I appreciate this, but he, here's maybe something you could consider doing if you're open to it. Would you send us both an email, make that introduction and, and here's the important part, tell them what you're going to do with that. Don't leave that open. I'm going to harass mm-hmm. them until they buy. So maybe we'll, we'll reach out. We'll see if they're interested in meeting. If not, we'll ask if they want to be on our blog list. If not, we'll delete their name and on we'll go. Like whatever your process is, yep. just let people know so that you remove any potential friction.
0: Exactly what we do. We, we call it yeah. in our practice a virtual handshake. And it's, it's pre-written yeah. for the client yeah. and they can alter it however they like and exactly write They want to to understand. We learned that because first couple of times it was like, well, I don't know. And then it was all we're going to do is reply to the email saying, Julie, thank you for the introduction to Mary. Mary, if there's any way we can help you, we'd love to help you. We're happy Mm -hmm. to offer you consultation, become part of our newsletter, et cetera, et cetera. If we can't help at all, just know we're always a resource. Click, right?
1: And, and I like the idea of having the offer to subscribe to something because the reality is it might not be the right time for that mm-hmm. person. And the chances of them remembering this exchange a year from now, slim to none. So that's, but again, it's comfortable. It's their choice. And so maybe a lead magnet or, or something in there can
0: help. As yeah, well. that that's what we found as well is you then just start to look at this a little differently and you say, based on the statistics you provided before, you may now get tons of introductions that you get names and emails, etc. The conversion isn't 100%. But before you know it, you build 40 or 50 or 100 or over time 500 folks that are in a sphere of influence of someone that you've got a pretty deep, meaningful relationship with, that when you then do a webinar about inflation, right? Or something that could be of interest, Mm -hmm. those prospects now feel comfortable coming. And and it might be a year or two or three or five years later that you keep hitting them with some knowledge injections and content that they say, hey, now it's a good time to actually Yeah. And
1: look, if somebody has been on a list of yours for a few years, you've actually got a relationship with them of Mm -hmm. some sort. And so there's always that opportunity, maybe not right away to go out and say, Hey, look, we're thinking of delivering content on these three topics. What's of most interest to you? And so now you could actually start tailoring the, the approach a little more specifically. So it's tweaking uh, these strategies a little.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, Julie, we're almost out of time here. Mm-hmm. So what I what I wanted to do is first of all, really intriguing. It's interesting how I love doing these podcasts because I get to introduce really interesting, smart people. <laughs> And, and meet them and learn about their process. Yeah. And every time I do it, I'm like, man, why the heck am I not doing this? Like, why didn't I think of it? Because it, <laughs> it seems so simple after you've made it simple, right? Because
1: well, we're human. You're, for, you're forgetting that.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Human Humans generally, uh, yes. If something works well, what well, do we do? We, 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 we why, talk about it for that? a while Two? and do yes. something else. Yeah. Yes. So first of all, anything that I, sh- I didn't ask you that I should have asked you that you'd like to share with the with the group.
1: I don't think so. Look, I think we we touched on it all. Look, our, as I said at the the outset, our goal is to really stand up for advisors and support advisors who want to have a client centric experience and growth strategy, but not just in words and action, right? And that's not not everybody. So, I think. Uh, Part of the process, there's many things you can do. I think inviting input is certainly one of those things and where we spend our time. But I think we've covered a lot and great questions and great to hear what you're doing as well. That's that's really helpful uh, context.
0: No, thank you. And then my my last question for you, Julie, and then I want to get some of your contact information to mm-hmm. share with everybody is... What does it look like to become your client? Like how does someone engage you if an advisor listening in is going, hey, I I do want to learn more or Mm -hmm. engage Julie. Like what, what does that mean? How does it work?
1: So if it, if it's an individual advisor, sort of small team, there's a lot of information on the website. But we always start with a meeting and a, and a demo. There's this isn't something you get into by just clicking a button and making that decision. So, you know, that's when we'll go deep on what are you trying to accomplish and. And does this make sense for you, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's got to, for, for each, are there any restrictions? For example, we're talking surveying, certain firms have different restrictions. So, you know, we've done a lot of thinking about all of that. So, you know, that's really the first step. And, and if it works out, then we go into kind of a discovery meeting to, to really get deep on what you're trying to accomplish and execute the survey, wrap that up with some coaching to help you take action.
0: Got it. Makes sense. And it sounds like you work both with individual advisors, but I assume also with leadership teams that might run bigger businesses or even corporate offices, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that's actually probably the bigger part of our business where we're executing broad-based voice of the client strategies. So not just a survey, it might be a survey, ongoing feedback, a pre-meeting review poll, a new client survey. Like so we do get quite a comprehensive in those strategies with larger firms. Individual advisors are generally looking for just a really good survey with that that provides the insights that they're looking for.
0: Yeah. Well awesome. So Julie, thank you so much. And um, I thought it was really intriguing. So I appreciate all your insight and experience. And so our listeners know if they want to find you, what's the best way? Is it a website, an email address? Where would we find you? Yeah, the the
1: website is definitely best at absoluteengagement.com. You can subscribe to the blog there. We have a couple of, we do a weekly roundup of great content that we find. So We try to push out a lot of thinking and you can find that all on the website
0: so thank you again julie i hope everybody enjoyed it i know i did and to our listeners happy holidays thank you again for joining another episode of quantum growth for financial advisors and if you or anyone you know maybe even yourself could be an interesting speaker please visit our website or shoot us an email so with that thanks again for listening and make it a great day
1: If you are interested in learning more about how Cut-In Consulting Group can help you with comprehensive coaching or partnering with CPA firms in your area, feel free to visit our website at www.cutinconsultinggroup.com or reach out to us at
0: 855-722-9393 to have a conversation.